Open your eyes. Wake up, Link. I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Miles. And I'm James the Jaster Stewart. And you're listening to Hyrule Field Report. And Jess, what did we do? Many moons ago. <laughs> yeah, I was time. going to say, like, a long time ago, I think we were chatting about various things on the road to Lowerland Village. Is that right? Hmm. And Jay, what are we up to this week? Well, this week we're going to f- hopefully find out what, what just what the hell is going on in Lowerland Village. And uh, do many, many quests around this lovely region of the world. Yeah. Although it isn't so lovely right now. Before we get too stuck into it, just a brief little Zelda news aside. Oh. Oh, wait, hang on. Zelda news update. I just... Tears of the Kingdom ended up not not getting that many uh, Game of the Year plaudits around the place. did from some publications, but I think Baldur's Gate obviously was a big, big game this year, um, and that took the shine off Zelda's spotlight in a lot of ways. Um, I think, I think, in a lot of cases, just everyone was like, "Oh, well, it's not quite as good as Tears of the Kingdom." Uh, sorry, not quite as good as Breath of the Wild, or it's a bit too similar to Breath of the Wild, and then they were hesitant to give it the award. Maybe yeah. because Breath of the Wild won every single award the year it came out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think... But, I mean, which to me just ended up being like, even if you're saying it's not quite as good as the best game ever made, it's probably still the second best game ever made. I got a little annoyed listening to people a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, of course. I get it. They like to, you know, reward the the, the new things on that other block, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and from all accounts, Baldur's Gate three, whenever I get round to it, it does sound like a bloody phenomenal game and probably deserves least plaudits it is getting. Likewise, with you know some publications gave um, Alan Wake two, you know their game of the year as well, which looked pretty damn good too. Um, also, like Baldur's Gate three, I, also has like a, a similar approach of like the Tears of the Kingdom has of like kind of you can or can almost approach it your objectives in like multiple like different ways. Yeah, so just mm. under the guise of a RPG, right? Like that's yeah. yeah. But yeah, Tears of the Kingdom anyway, still well. <laughs> All I'm going to say though is, if there's any game of the year publications out there that gave Starfield their game of the year over this, then. <laughs> Honestly, if I was running official Xbox magazine, I would probably still give Tears of the Kingdom Game of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> but yet again, you know that I've never liked Bethesda games, so... Yeah, I mean, I think the the bloom is very much off the rose for that one, right? Um, I think people are yeah. beginning to see that the, there's a bit of a stink around the Bethesda game design, whereas there is not with Nintendo's magnum opuses. Indeed. But I just wanted to get that out of my system because it, it did feel a little bit... Various podcasts I was listening to and they'd get to talking about Tears of the Kingdom and they were just being so bloody negative. And it's like, okay, I get what you're saying, but there's also a lot that's really, really good about yeah. it. 
So a lot of it, like, bit annoying to listen like you're saying, to. like a lot of it, like seems like like hang ups, like from Breath of the Wild, like like any mm-hmm. negatives, like the obvious like weapon degradation that people just can't stop oh, talking see, about. I didn't hear people talking about that one that much. I heard it for, from some people, just like online, kind of generally. But I was just like, I was hearing the same old, like a lot of people complaining about the depths, and a lot mm. of just oh, it's not. It didn't do enough. It was pretty similar to Breath of the Wild, which is all fair, but I can see eh. some some criticisms. Um, like when we have a big wrap up episode, there will be some things I want to say about the depths myself. But yeah. you know, you, that's a, a, in context a small portion of what is still a yeah. goddamn masterpiece, right? So, and we talked when we were talking to Andy on our Game of the Year show, and we, he did say like to him, Breath of the Wild is the better game. I think there is an argument for that. Mm-hmm. I'm still not even 100% sure where I end up. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think that this is, kind of goes back to why maybe some publications were more hesitant for Tears of the Kingdom to be a Game of the Year contender for them compared to Breath of the Wild is because Breath of the Wild did all the, like, the, you know, the open world Zelda first. All, yeah. all, you know, all these special moments came from that game first. Um and with Tears of the Kingdom and a lot of, you know, there's still a lot of new and surprising and amazing and wonderful things that this game does. But at the same point, when people say it is similar to Breath of the Wild, they are, right in a way, we are, you are still, you know, a lot of the same thrills, like, you know, just traversing the world as Link for the, for the first time in an open world environment. That did come from Breath of the Wild first. So that's more special in that regard. Um, I get what they're saying. I get what they're saying. But, uh, yeah. I just thought it was worth mentioning as we just come out of Game of the Year season. I think it's very very valid points to make. But Um, let's leave all the depressing thoughts here on planet Earth behind and hop into a Skyview Tower. Oh! (laughs) Yes, um, before we even get close to Luralin, I suppose we do have that, right? The Rebella Wetlands. Rebella Wetlands. Yes. I don't remember there being a lot of trouble getting this one started. I'm sure there was some little task to do. Just this one is rain, rain. correct. Yeah. yeah, there's thorns blocking the entrance. So oh kind of like, yeah, there's kind of like two oh. scaffolds either side of the stairway, and I think what you're kind of meant to do is you can um, build like a roof. Yeah, you build a roof to yeah. keep the rain out. Then you can burn the thorns. Then you can burn yeah. the thorns and. Uh, and let you inside the tower. So, I a quick little puzzle. I don't remember it giving me a lot of trouble, but uh, yeah, I did. I did like there is like the little kind of cooking pot nearby, and I did try like kind of I did cycle the day a couple of times just to see if the rain stops. It doesn't. Mm. <laughs> no, I think it's because no. <laughs> I was like, okay, that, that's the puzzle. That's, I that's came back there. Through. I was back there just now, and it's it's still raining. So I think it's yeah, just a permanent it's, it's, rain it's, it's permanent. on yeah. the map. Um, which actually means once you do jump up through the Skyview Tower, that feeling of um, Passing through the rain and getting to the sunny skies above mm. is really cool. Mm-hmm, definitely. 
Uh, speaking of which, there is a point of interest directly above the tower in the kind of Nakluda Sky Archipelago, which is a little shrine quest, the Nakluda Sky Crystal, um, which is directly linked to Kuma Mayan. Kuma Mine? Kuma Mine Shrine. And I don't remember this quest at all. I don't remember where the crystal is. I think it might be attached to a flux construct on an island nearby. I think it is. There's a flux construct. Three. It is indeed. Yeah. 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 There we go. There we go. But um, the getting to the flux construct involves hopping between various islands with um, springs on them. Ah, okay. Yes, because. I do remember using this island in the springs, and I think there's like a pre-built glider machine there as well. Um, I remember using this in a couple of failed attempts to try and get to... There's a there's an island, um, a sky island floating above where Eventide Island is, like way mm. out across there. Um, and there's a boss encounter over there, which will... We'll speak about what enemy type is there in a later episode, I'm sure. Um, and I remember trying to use this island because it's kind of the closest yeah. to, to try and make my way over there. Um, yeah, it's also one of those, um, the big rotating bits with the launcher. Yes. Thank you. So maybe you tried to use like springs plus that plus glider to <laughs> launch yourself the maximum possible distance. Yep. Tried and failed, I think, a couple of times before I gave up. Came back another day. <laughs> Came back once you knew how to just build a build the hoverbike. Bike or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. The, 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 the solution to all. Like battery, I assume, as well. That so too. You travel further distances. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's also a treasure map up here, but to get to it, we need something which I don't think we have yet in our playthrough. Because there's an island with a long waterfall falling off of it. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll talk about getting up waterfalls once we get to Zora's domain. Yes. Breath of the Wild fans will, of course, already know what we're on about. Indeed. And probably most of our listeners who finished the game a year ago, but <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be coy boys anyway. Oh, we love it. We love doing it. <laughs> but yeah, that'll get you up there, and then it's just another treasure map. Do you remember what that treasure map leads to? Uh, the interactive map says it is to the Sea Breeze Boomerang, which I think is Link's Boomerang from Wind Waker. Ah, nice. Mm. Uh, weapon I used a fair That bit. makes sense for this. Love the boomerangs. It's <laughs> area as well. Oh, really? Whether it's putting a cannon on a boomerang. boomerang. Either way, it's putting a Zonai <laughs> cannon on a boomerang. That, yeah. or, or just like a lightning <laughs> horn on boomerang is great as mm. well. Okay, yeah, I can see it. That sounds fun. Fun weapon types in the game, for sure. So, before we get into the actual meat of today's episode about Lurland Village, there is a little shrine just at the entrance to there, which is a Sifu Mim shrine. Um, it is Proving, Proving Grounds Flow, where, um, 
I remember rightly, I think it is... It's like a big watery one, and there's like platforms dotted about the water, like little rafts and things. And you can like ascend up to like different parts of the... Um... Mm. Yeah, that's right. There's like yeah, little boat rafts like that are going yeah. around a central platform. Yeah, a moat, that's it. That's, that is the word I'm looking for, Josh, thank you. And um, yeah, you can like knock them into the water in order get up to the central platform and try and snipe them from there so uh, yeah it's like a big it's like um a lazy river at, yeah uh, that's a good a water show. park yeah, yeah, yeah you're just going round and round and round and you're like working your way across it yeah i do remember this one i think <laughs> i think maybe i sort of i was falling in the water a lot so it took me a while to beat this one. I also... I have very distinct memories. I was doing this shrine whilst watching the film um, Once Upon a Time in America. <laughs> which, on a sister podcast, Films and Filth, where we talk about the best and worst films as rated by IMDb, that's the one film from the so-called best movies of all time list that we all universally hated. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there we go. So, yeah. Yeah, it's forever associated with me. I guess because I was trying to watch, like, a very long film, not quite paying enough attention to the game, so just falling the yeah. water over it. It can be tricky, like, because obviously it's got the water, and there's, like, I'm pretty sure the constructs have, like, like lightning weapons, and, like, you can get zapped, and I had a bit of a issue with it as well. It's just like playing it normally. Just getting like zapped, getting caught in the water. Just next to it, there's the Bamatok Shrine. That's a uh, Rauru's blessing. I can't remember what you have to do to get it. It's inside a cave. It's inside. Uh, there's a cave, kind of just to the kind of east of Lurin Village, um, Mount Dunsel. Ah, cave. okay, yeah. So you have to get. You basically get into the cave from the village, right? Eh, uh, sort of. Not yeah. slightly above the village, yeah. Yeah. So it's getting the shrine kind of feels like part of clearing out the village. Yeah, it's quite a big shrine, a big, a big cave system. Sorry. Yeah. Um, like I do remember taking a little while going in here because there's, um, there's like shock, there's like the shock like likes and the rock like likes that are in there as well. Um, hmm. and uh, yeah, the reason it's a blessing is because of how much of a trek it takes going through this cave system to get to the to, to Bamitok Shrine right at the end. So, yeah, the cave essentially is the shrine. Mm-hmm. Lots but of it's a good little side of in that, yeah. yeah. But uh, you did mention there of clearing out Lural in itself, and next to. Um, Sifumim Shrine that we spoke about uh, a little bit earlier there there's the side quest for this area which is um, um, the ruffian infested village yes. um, so we bump into is it the village head and um, I forgot his name, the building fella Bolton yes so, yeah, I get confused that... because there's all the other sons yeah. <laughs> <laughs> over us <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a few ways you can get pointed to come here because 
there's the um with the pirate ship quest we did way up north nope i could be wrong with that yeah there's lots of hints around the world but kind of direct need to that, i think we've mentioned right every almost every village has an npc in there who tells you about they used to live in Luralin and they had to leave because yeah. the pirates took over. That's it. There's somebody in Lookout Landing who actually gives you a quest to come and speak to the chief here. Um, mm. Rosal, um, his name is. Um, that's the chief. Is that related to the um, monster control stuff? Don't think it is. No, it's somebody that's um, um, at the general store. So it's one of the NPCs yeah. that's kind of fled from Luralin. Is they've set up a certain amount of progress in the game. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, they mentioned that the monsters sailed to the village one day and attacked and pretty much wreaked havoc. Everybody ran away. They've been settled there since there. And uh, Bolson speaks at this point saying, I could probably fix the village, but I ain't going near that village. There's, there's so many monsters there. Not a chance. Don't get paid enough for that. Um, and all those other things he says, I'm sure. Um, and they kind of, this sets up the quest for you to defeat the monster forces. All of them. Yes. It's similar to doing a monster control quest where you have like one big health bar for taking out the monsters. Yeah. Yes. The difference here being um, you're on your own. Yeah. Right. This might feel like a totally totally wild um, suggestion here but <laughs> because I was clearing out an entire like village and like the monsters are it's not like they're actively like looking for Link they're, they seem like a lot of them seem to be like kind of chilling out and like around campfires and things like that I felt <laughs> it felt like clearing out an enemy camp in Metal Gear Solid 5. And I don't know why it I made can me definitely feel like this. see because you can like you can use a little bit of stealth and then a little yeah. bit of action, you can come at it from any angle. Yeah. I mean yeah, Metal Gear Solid 5 is I would say like my second favourite version of open world. Mm-hmm. Because like it also lets you basically do whatever you want to solve every problem. Yeah, that's part of really it. I just like great. remembered like like you mentioned like stealth there, like I remember like kinda of plotting my kind of path like through the village to kill the monsters and like I was definitely using like stealth and a lot of approaches to like surprise mm-hmm. enemies around like a campfire and stuff like that really fun really I think fun part games. of the reason that I use stealth as well is I think by the time I got to Luralin my like world had leveled up enough that it was like like the black McCoplins and mm. maybe a couple silvers thought about as well so it wasn't a total walk in the park by any stretch. Of the I also time. had tough bokoblins, but I also had um, all five allies with me, good weapons, uh, good armor. So yeah, it was. What do you mean, very fun? Of course, you're referring to um, like in Metal Gear Solid Five, um, where you can just go quiet and then quiet will snipe the enemies. That's the fifth one you're talking about, obviously. I was talking about um, my horse, D-horse. D-horse, D-dog. <laughs> Who's equal to a woman. <laughs> uh, what was it? There was a fourth 
Was there's D Dog D Horse Quiet? Was it the mech? Uh, was it the, the robot? Mech? Yeah, the little oh, mech yeah. was the other yeah, option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know why in my head I had you like Ocelot was there, but I think you could just play as Ocelot in the multiplayer. Maybe that was maybe what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Anyway. That sounds true. About right. Yeah, enough Metal Gear chat. Um, hands up, did anyone spend ages running around before you found the the one camping out in the well? Um, I don't think. I think I found it fairly early, but I remember oh, nice. thinking that was funny yeah. that they're down there. There is. Yeah, like a... I think I I snuck around a bunch before I really started engaging. Mm, okay, mm-hmm. so it was like a lot of the ones. So maybe I found that. in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of on the outskirts, right? The the well, and you do see the the smoke plume coming out of the the well itself. So there is a there's a hint that these these mm-hmm. camped out down there. I did miss it though. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I think the smoke. Came I think it away, was yeah. like I think it was my last enemy that I killed <laughs> as well. I'm pretty sure I don't remember what, but my last enemy was a little straggler I missed. It wasn't like. The epic conclusion of doing the. <laughs> I feel like that's probably true for most players, right? It's the one, the the one bacoblin that's like, like pressed up against the, the hut, going, "Please don't see me! Please don't see me! <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone!" Basically, the, their equivalent of the Terminators turned up and just destroyed yeah. them all. Yeah, this is the scene where you get to feel like that Batman kind of stealth, where it's like, "No, they're scared of you." Mm-hmm. But it was fun, and I think as a like as a set piece, it's one of the game's best because I enjoy doing all the monster control stuff. But then, because of the whole like you do it, and then the blood moon comes, and it's like you never did it thing. Yeah, yeah. That takes a little bit of the fun out of it. That's it. I mean, Whereas I think here. You get to fully enjoy it because, well, you actually do get to save this village, essentially. This pose a question. Like, when all those monsters do get revived by the Blood Moon, like, normally the monsters just get revived where they were. But I guess for these guys, they get revived to where they first... It poses some, some questions that I don't think the devs think or care about. <laughs> no. <laughs> so... Maybe they get revived on wherever their boat is. That, yeah, there we go. And the ether legal, they don't exist. There's too much good energy now in the village, and it's blocking them from being revived. Yeah, there, there you go. go. There you go. That's the sort of bullshit that I'm, I'm no Aonuma would love. <laughs> 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 the equivalent of a wizard did it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, once we've cleared out Luralin Village, um. Bozzle and Bolson will come. Sorry, Rosal and Bolson. Uh, the Bozzle and Bolson sounds like a children's TV duo <laughs> from the UK. Offshoot of Bodger and yeah. Badger. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Rosal and Bolson, they hear um the silence. Or they hear the silence. They react to the silence, shall we say, and uh, they come down and it's just Link, and they're like, "Wait, did you, did you kill all the monsters?" Like what? And um, they say, you know, we we thought we you know we're so grateful for you doing this, but we can't reward you anything. Like the village is a wreck. Like nobody's living here besides us. But you know, if you once everything's back up and running, then 
won't be able to give you some rewards, which uh, kind of leads us into the the next stage of this quest. And uh, something I was quite surprised and pleasantly surprised to see, actually, um, which is the Luralin Village Restoration Project, because I was fully expecting a fade to black cutscene and all the villagers start coming back in and <laughs> Bolton's already built everything. But nope, you got to help him out, which... Yeah. Yeah, props. So the, the most difficult part for me is the first part of this quest, which was just finding him materials. Um, because he needs, I think it's like 10 or 20 logs. That's pretty doable. I just went up on the hill, cut down the trees, put them all together with Ultra Hand and rolled them down. Um, but then he wants 15 Hillian Rice, which took me ages to actually gather up by traveling from like various villages, buying out their stock, waiting for a blood moon, buying out their stock again. I don't know if there was some easier system I could have used that I didn't notice. Yeah, cut grass. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get the rice, you cut grass. <laughs> but it's not everywhere, right? It's only... So like, there's like long grass that you... Like in general, kind of areas that mm. most areas have, like the long, kind of flowing grass, like you chop that up with your sword, and like occasionally some mm-hmm. alien rice pops out. Still takes forever. Yep. Mm. Oh, well, okay. I'm glad that I didn't go out and farm it, and I just picked it up as I, as I was going along. And then once I noticed I had enough, I was like, oh, okay, I can go do that quest now. That's probably how you're meant to do it, right? Like, they don't yeah. expect you to just absolutely tunnel vision this quest. Like, it sounds like me and Justin. <laughs> oh, oh, I stopped. I stopped at one point. Like I think when he the, the mentions like the trees, tree logs. I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. Mm. <laughs> that was my. Oh, see that, that I did. That, like, I did straight away there and then. It's pretty easy. Yeah, it's just at the time he was like, oh, yeah, like you can't use the together. you can't use these like palm trees nearby. It's got to be different kind of things. Mm. And I was like, ah, where's some normal trees about here? Nowhere. So I was like, I'll do that another time. <laughs> There's quite a few up the hill by the shrine. Yeah, so I just yeah. Made I noticed that like when I eventually came back to do it, like many, many hours. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I did. Yeah. Went up on the hill, bundled made, them up. Yeah, made some sort of zone eye contraption, and uh, fused them to the zone eye contraption, and just like pushed it down the hill, <laughs> pretty much. Oh, there was no zone eye contraption for me. It was just a katamari of trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll try and them together and throw them down. <laughs> just about them. Oh, as long as it works. But yeah, even once you give him all the materials, you then have to actually literally help him build the houses. Yeah, that's right. Um, you've got to usually use usually the palm trees or like a bit of log, and you've got to like normally make up like the center, like support of the building or mm-hmm. like. It kind of guides you and wants you to use your magical floating powers to help yeah. him. Yeah, to help him rebuild. I was slightly disappointed stuff. because the first one I did was the one um, where you one of the houses is like full of water and you have to lift all the debris out so he can empty it. Oh yeah, yeah. Then the second one I did was putting a log through. Um, that's like the central column of a house. And I thought, wow, there's going to be like a different puzzle for each one. 
and then all the subsequent ones were just doing the log thing again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it kind of gave me false hope that there was going to be a bit more variety than there actually was. It's so deep. Like it felt. Um... And this whole section again, I'm just comparing this to other games again. But it did, this whole bit felt we had we had the Metal Gear Solid Five bit when you're clearing out the village, and this bit was the Animal Crossing bit. Yeah. You know, built. And yeah, it was. It was. I love the the fact that we beat the baddies, but then also do the actual nice bit of reconstructing this village. Yeah. It was a th- nice, unique little feeling. Yeah, you don't just like and saunter off it... and go like, "My job here is done." Yeah, <laughs> like you deal with it was... with your tattered, this... on fire village. <laughs> <laughs> walking away like you're set for off through the fire, yeah. like just fist pumping the air as you walk away. I'm <laughs> the best. I think they've done that gag in a couple of superhero films. I'm remembering. Um, it was the start of Thor, not Thor Ragnarok, Thor: Love and Thunder. Not even the good one where he's with the Guardians, and they're helping out some alien planet, and Thor's like, oh, I saved your temple, and then the temple is just destroyed behind him. <laughs> That's Link Kugler in the village. Oh, I saved your village. It's just littered with corpses and burning. <laughs> so, I mean, like, after we've rebuilt the the village and everything, and all the villagers start trickling back in, um, yeah, I mean, you build um, specific, like, you build the restaurant and then the restaurant owner comes back. You build the, that's right. a certain house and that person comes back to the house. That's right as well, yeah. And the first one I did was the inn because then I knew I could at least heal mm. <laughs> if I needed to. Um, I think this is this game's version of Tarrytown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I really do like villages and locations in Zelda games where you get like a real maybe attachment's the wrong word but a real sense for the NPCs that live there mm-hmm. and I think it, it does I mean it does help you grow attached to those villages um, so I was curious like across the whole Zelda series I mentioned Tarrytown and Breath of the Wild obviously and now Lurulin in this as well like across the whole Zelda series, I mean, what are the kind of standout villages and towns that you can remember, like really grow attached to the NPCs mm. that are there, and you could kind of think about everyone that lives there. And I do, I have a lot of fond memories for the starting village from Twilight Princess. Or Part of that is just yeah, that was my first Zelda game I ever finished. Right. Okay. And like. I remember that whole Christmas where like I got my Wii, played through Twilight Princess, etc, etc. Was obviously very exciting. Um, and then like there's all the little kids who worship Link. There's his yeah. uh, like little romance with... What's the name of... Is it like... Ili- it's like Ilya. I- Ilya, it, yeah, it, that's it, right. it looks like three L's in a row and it's written down with a capital. That's right. And um, <laughs> See, I get confused. Do they... A lot of the kids from his village move to Kakariko, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because they get kidnapped, and then you rescue them, and they stay. At like, um, the the what's what's to be blonde? Mallow, Mallow. Oh no. Oh, Colin. Colin. 
Colin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I, yeah, like it's quite a good village because you've got the big sumo village chief lad that Link trains with. Yeah, um, you got the goat mini game. You've got Link's little house with the tree house. Yeah. Um, the one complaint I remember people having um, when the game came out in the reviews was like, it's kind of weird after in Ocarina of Time, everyone underestimates Link all the time. Mm-hmm. Or is it Twilight Princess at the start of the game before the player's even done anything? Everyone worships Link like a god. Yeah, I mean, I, I quite like that because, like, you've got to imagine somebody with the hero's blood is going to be capable, and to these villagers, yeah, that's it's it. It's like seem really impressive. Like, I think it worked because it was only in that village he was treated like yeah. that. Yeah, and then he goes out into the big wide world, and it's like, oh, I've got to deal with everything else now, and I'm not like. I'm not just going to be treated like the most competent man who ever lived everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. So I think actually it did work, but I could understand why that was some people's criticism. I just, yeah, you're making me think about that village now. I remember the old dude with the bird that would attack you with the bird. <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah, you had like the you could call you... a bird with like leaves. <laughs> That's right, and he attacks you with the bird when you come back in the wolf form later. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, he thinks you're gonna like steal the baby or something like that. Because there's like there's a mini quest where you got to like save a baby. <laughs> if I remember rightly, I don't know if you remember that, but I do. Yeah, it's like it's it, you have to like fish it out of the water or something. Yeah, or it's like up on a cliff or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, see, even the Zelda games that people say are bad, they're great. Oh yeah, I mean. <laughs> For me, my village, but the one, the, the town that I've always like really attached to, has always been um, Windfall, and in, uh, in, in the Wind Waker. Just, um, and I think it's because it feels like every NPC on that in that town has like a side quest or something attached to them. Like mm. you've got the, you obviously got, um, I forget the guy's name there, but. Um, Kaboom! Sploosh! Okay, oh, um, that's, is that not Beetle? No, it's not Beetle. It's not Beetle. No, it's not. It's a different guy, is it? Just as the game. But yeah, I know, you, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You've got, like, the... It's a little Battleships the, game. The, the Eskimo, like, shopkeep guy that sells you the sale. Um, You've got the owner of the auction house that gets really mad when you do the one thing that you always do in a Zelda game, where you smash the pots and they're like, pay for that pot! <laughs> because, like, they're priceless. <laughs> they're antiques, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tangles in in jail. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, there's like it's like a weird guy that's like dancing by a grave, like a like a big stone tablet. He's just like endlessly dancing. It ends up being like his dance movements teach you a song in the game or something like that. Um, yeah, man. Like you've got the wee kids. Like one's got like a little snotty nose i remember running away from when i was like when i played it as a kid going oh ew, get away from me snot nosed child <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah lots lot, lot, lot of time for windfall and i'm surprised you didn't highlight skyloft actually i was thinking skyloft but then um the thing with skyloft is it's the only village in that game true yeah so yeah. it feels a bit like, of course it's great because it's got the entire game's worth of NPCs shoved in one village. Yeah, that's a point. I mean, I was going to mention Clock, uh, Clock Town from Majora's Mask, but again, that's the Skyloft, right? It's, the, it's got all the NPCs. 
crammed in. But also, but obviously, Majora's Mask has like every single NPC has like a little quest line that you have to go back and Correct. forth through time. Yeah. So like, yeah, of course they're great in that. Yeah. That's why I think I, I, I like Windfall so much is that it's kind of like a little microcosm of of Clock Town. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but there's still other towns and and settlements in that game as well. Yeah. But um, I, I, not that I'm saying that Luralin in this game is as in depth as those towns or villages, but it did really help me like grow attached to the NPCs, and they do have little quests. Like once you finish um, tackling um, and rebuilding the village, they do have a few little quests that you can do there. Um, do you want to talk about them now, or do you want to cut it here? Um, I was going. I'd say uh, let's talk about them, and then we can you can end the episode on the cliffhanger of let's head over to Eventide. Yep, and we'll do the. We'll, we'll wait for the tier for when Jas is there as well. Cause, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, they do have little quests that you can tackle, as I was saying there. Um, so there's a, a dad who his kids are talking about um, like there's his, his dad's got a really like special blue shirt that he's really attached to and the kids are quite sad because they think the pirates like chucked the chest into the bay um and um if you have a look in the middle of the kind of like inlet there um use um use an ultra hand you can lift the lift the um chest out and it's uh speaking of wind waker it's the like lobster shirt that link starts with in uh in the wind waker yeah the blue yeah yeah this was a um a dlc shirt in right. breath of the wild yeah again but yeah right. it's much better getting it here and having it Attached to what is clearly the Wind Waker Island, or the Wind Waker Village of this game. That's the one. Um, so yeah, you take it. You, you take it to the dad, saying, "We found like, oh, we find your special blue shirt." And he goes, "Oh, that's not the blue shirt I was worrying about. I've not worn that one since uh, since your mum started picking out my clothes for me." <laughs> 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 Pretty much just says, "That's a lame shirt. You can have it, Link." <laughs> um, so yeah, a nice little reward for that one. And a fun little quest. Um, there is another quest here as well. It's, I think it's just a quick one for um, these. Are, these are all for NPCs that have were dotted around the world that were te- talk, uh, that have come back to Ludlin. And mm. um, the NPC that was in Hateno, um, obviously being bolstered by the the tourism that's going on in Hateno, kind of wants to do something for Ludlin as well. Um, and uh, she's really, really hungry. So she's wanting um, a special curry that's got um, Goron spice in it. And uh, after you feed her it, she's now so spicy that she feels like she's on fire. And you've got to like use like a Korok leaf or something like that to like time that'll trigger wind to cool her down. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't remember what the resolution to that quest was. Maybe she wants to make spicy curry for everyone. Something. I like guess that. that makes sense that Gorons would eat. A lot of spice. They literally live in a volcano. <laughs> they live in a volcano. Yeah, that's it. That's it. How are you for spice? Uh, I can handle spice. Yeah, yeah. I'm not too bad. Um, at New oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's your mum who can't eat pepper. <laughs> Correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, to the point where I think she's now got 
I don't know if it's an actual physical response or something's going on, but anytime she has anything that has spice, she's like she feels like her throat's closing up. So yeah, she avoids it. Maybe she's allergic to something. Then that's could be a allergic. What that sounds like is it capsicum? Is that the like the what makes spicy food spicy? That's what makes pepper spicy. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um, Obviously, I was tested on my spice repeatedly by uh, Mercy's family when I was in Mexico. (laughs) Did you pass the test? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like every single family member asked, like, can you handle spice? (laughs) (laughs) Once I I proved I could, they were like, "Mm, good. Acceptable, he can join the family. (laughs) Um. And there's another quest here for like a fisherman there. He wants to, um, it's it's to actually open up the the general store there. He can't open it because, um, like he goes out and he gets supplies for the general store with a boat, and his boat was um destroyed and lost during the attack. And he says if you go to a nearby island called Tanoko Island, you might be able to find a boat there potentially. Um, so if you go out to like, it's a little ways out to be fair, and you have to kind of, yeah, you have to sail quite a ways away. Um, it's like a little island in the Nakluda Sea, not eventide obviously, but you have to like sail around the entire kind of cape and then pretty much go directly north. And, uh, on that island there's... Uh, kind of the shell of a boat that you can then attach to your raft that you've you've uh, th- that you would have had to use to get out there and uh, I do remember quite enjoying this quest because you know me love the wind waker this gave me big, big wind waker <laughs> vibes just sailing about going from my Thailand to Thailand so yeah a lot of times yeah my that. friend um, my friend Matty for whatever reason got really obsessed with just sailing around the seas around this game Oh, nice. And ended up doing a bunch of, like, like everything around the coast before he did any of most of the game. Because <laughs> he just really liked making a little boat and floating around on the sea. Has he played the Wind Waker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. He was a okay. big, big GameCube kid and skipped the go. two Wii games. So I was going to say, if he hasn't played the Wind Waker, then boy, do you have a surprise <laughs> for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, once you've done that, you open up the general store. And I think every morning as well, like... There's like some things he finds that are like maybe like some fried fish and some other supplies he'll just leave out for you. Um, and that's the thing we haven't really mentioned is like all the kind of amenities here besides like the shop, but like the amenities, like the restaurant, you get a meal every day, you get to play. There's a mini game, the Lucky Treasure Shop, where it's pretty mm-hmm. much like pick a chest, you win that prize. Um, the inn as well, like that's you can stay there for free and get like a free yellow heart for doing so. Um, yeah, basically the three the three buildings we built with Bolson yep. become free versions of those businesses. That's it. So, so there free is... meal, free in, free mini game, <laughs> free mini game. That's it. Uh, so yeah, there is like tangible rewards for doing this. Um, and yeah, the last kind of side quest of note is the Lurlin Resort project where. Uh, uh, oh, Rosal and Bolson, they're back. They want to build like a, they want to make like a real resort town, and they want like a new entertainment facility. So they want to make a rally race on the water, but they don't know anybody that enjoys racing. But luckily, we do. Um, so if you remember back in Tarrytown, we had the Gerudo Racers, mm-hmm. and you can invite them 
once you finish their quests to come to Lurlin and just a little bit to the south of uh, Lurlin Village they'll build like a, a water race track for you to to make a water contraption so it's just a a water version of the the land mini game that you would have done in Tarry Town where you want to like sail through um like big gates of light and then come back around to the finish line so um I remember this, this one being a the, little bit tricky though just finding the, the closest we're getting to a new wave race <laughs> oh, that's sad but true <laughs> Um, but I do remember this mini game being a little bit tricky because I found like I would either have a like a, a raft that wasn't fast enough or didn't steer well enough, and then I found myself as well like trying to be so quick that I'd end up like getting bottom of my boat like caught on rocks and things like that that are like dotted around the the sea there. So I remember having a little bit of difficulty with this one. Don't uh, you did? Um, I don't know if I'd go as far as difficulty. But, yeah, it's not as easy as the the, the land, land race, for sure, yeah, yeah. For sure, yeah, yeah. Which I, mean, I think we even talked about at the time was, like, laughably easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And does that pretty much wrap us up here on uh, Lurlin Village? It certainly does. Um, so that we're... Speedy wrap up there, but there's a few little quests, and I think it's just good vibes. This is a, this is this is somewhere I regularly return to. Um, I, I, at the beginning of the game, if I needed to like rest up or like cook food, I would do it at Lookout Landing. But after I rebuilt Lurlin, I made this like link space, pretty much. Yeah. Might as well take advantage of those free end stays. I ended up doing it all very very late, like after I'd finished the game, but. Now, in like the post game, if I ever need to go to an end, of course, that's where I go. Yeah. Uh, if listeners couldn't guess, because my editing was so good, we lost <laughs> Jas about 30 minutes into the pod. Why it's just been me and Jay talking since then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I say lost Jas, I mean like his recording cut out. He didn't pass away, and we were just like, well, we'll finish the episode <laughs> and then we'll mourn. <laughs> Jesus. I just so realised the way I was saying it. We lost Jazz today, folks. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, as far as we know, Jazz is still with us and we'll be he back. Has, he has sent a message in the group saying that he'll yes. end his recording and join us for the next one. So. Yep. He'll be back for next week's episode where we will be going back out to an old place of trials and tribulations for Breath of the Wild even Tide Island and seeing what seeing what adventures we can get up to over there even Tide Island which I would say casts a long shadow over this whole game yeah but we, yeah. we literally have been calling the um, Proving Ground Shrines even Tide yeah. Shrines we the have whole been. time we have yeah. <laughs> yep and they pretty much had a whole DLC based around this in uh, Breath of the Wild. In Breath of the Wild as well, yeah. But more on that next week. You'll have to join us back for that. Um, until then, Luke, um, you want to do your thing? Yeah, you can find this podcast on Twitter at IrelfieldPod. Please do give it a rating and a review and a like and a subscribe and all of that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. If you've got some friends who are big fans of Tears of the Kingdom, maybe they got it for Christmas. Um, let them know about this podcast. Say there's a fun way to listen along as they play 
Especially, I guess, if you're starting to play it now, and sort of the conversations died over. Mm. Having a podcast could be a way to recreate that feeling of playing it alongside other people. Absolutely. I've certainly had that when I've like when I came to Dark Souls quite late. I was really grateful to have podcasts like on Fireside Chat. Um, and if you want to hear more of our voices, you can find all the various podcasts that me and Jay and everyone else makes by going to patreon.com slash podcastiopodcastius. For a dollar a month, you can help keep the shows online and listen to episodes early. But even if you don't want to do that, just follow the link and you'll uh, find the list of all our other podcasts. Which you actually will because I updated that list finally just before Christmas. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Directing them to a very outdated list. Or a list that yeah. didn't exist. <laughs> it did exist, but yeah, it just listed like Monster Mash, Luke Loves Pokemon, and Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. <laughs> One of which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> and the other one has been on hiatus for about a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, but until then, ja, uh, Jay? Oh, yeah? Have you got some sage words of advice for our listeners? Yeah. Um, I do. I do have some sage words of advice for you for this week. Um, look, if you feel that... Or rather, I should say... If your friend has passed away during a recording of a podcast, do the right thing and finish the show. <laughs> Be a professional about it. <laughs> Be a professional, absolutely. So yeah, catch you next time. So long.
this good or jazz. Oh, did you drop earlier? Okay, yeah. You got a storm over there or something? Hmm. Right. I live on the opposite end of the planet, so. I mean, yeah, the time zone stuff was really tricky when we went to Mexico, because uh, I left. Oh, Craig hasn't heard any of us, apparently. <laughs> like, I left, left at midday on the Thursday and arrived at midday on the Thursday. And then on the way back, like a day, a whole day disappeared. Left on the Thursday and arrived on the Saturday. And at one point, just before my vacation, I was signed up to work Friday and Saturday of my job. And luckily, I, I like did a little check the week before and I was like, oh, wait, no. I literally will not be in the country this day you want me to work. <laughs> yeah, because there was a point I was um, chatting to my manager and she's like, oh, I hope you have a safe flight, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, thanks. By the way, originally I was going to start working five minutes. I'm not even on my plane yet. <laughs> so good thing I sat down and did the math. Jazz is fully offline right now, so... Mm-hmm. Well, me and you have got locals, at least. Presumably he has as well. So we can put together an episode if we wrap it up. Yeah. Yep. I'm just going to drop a message to you, just to do it. Gonna have to remember to edit a bunch of this one. I guess we should just crack on. What was that? <laughs> 